take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 6 this morning. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 will be our text. We'll start from today. I want to talk to you this morning about going beyond law, going beyond law to grace in the matter of giving. Going beyond law to grace in the matter of giving. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 this morning. Give. And it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Let's pray together. Lord, we, we need your help this morning. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather on this Lord's Day morning. We thank you for the privilege of fellowship, how wonderful it is to be connected with our brothers and sisters in Christ in this local church. We thank you for the privilege of the opportunity to worship your name and to praise you and to sing your songs this morning. I thank you for this beautiful song that Lizzie wrote, Lord, to remind us, Lord, to be on our knees. Lord, we, as we bow our heads and our hearts to you this morning, we ask you to speak to us from your word. Lord, so often we don't want to listen. So often we have certain areas that we tune a deaf ear to you. Lord, I pray that we would listen to your word. Lord, I pray you'd help me, Lord, to preach or write your truth this morning. Lord, that we could see the victory that is in Christ. Lord, our theme for the year. Lord, as we focus upon you and the victory that we can have, Lord, we have that victory. Lord, not through the law, but because of grace. Lord, as we talk this morning about going beyond the law into grace in the matter of giving, Lord, we need your help. Lord, I pray that you'd minister to the needs of every person here. Lord, I pray if there be one here this morning that knows you not as Savior, Lord, I pray before they leave this place today, they would know the greatest news in all the world, that you love them, that you died for them, that you offer them eternal life. Lord, would you work in every heart of every believer. God, help us to be able to go on to what you have for us. Help us, Lord. In your precious name, we pray and ask it all. Amen. The Bible tells us again, if you'll look with me in our text, give. And it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And running over shall mean given to your bosom, with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And we have here a promise of God about the matter of giving. And we are not speaking of elementary giving this morning or uh, giving under the law. We're going to build a little bit. Uh, today as we, as we go on uh, to that grace giving, as we're going to talk about that this morning, but uh, I want to share just a quick thought with you and uh, a couple definitions. Uh, recessions, and uh, we've known them uh, in our country, we've known, we've known and seen difficulty in finances, uh, should not affect a child of God or uh, in the matter of trusting the Lord. Uh, we talk about that recession. Can I give you a definition of what a recession is? A recession is when your neighbor loses his job. That's a recession. Uh, a depression is when you lose your job. And uh, many of us would agree that's kind of where we get. It's that depression that comes and we, we begin to wonder if God can meet our need, if God wants to meet our need, if it's capable. The Bible here in the book of Luke presents the doctrine of giving and we see it throughout the Old Testament into the New, many different aspects of biblical principles for giving. In the Old Testament, we see the tithe. By the way, the word tithe means a tenth, and it was the law that was to be given. It was the first fruits. It did not just deal with money. Rather, it began with other things. It began with animals. Brother Bonnie was a shepherd. Now, he looks a little bit like a shepherd. Uh, he'd eat all the prophets. But if Brother Bonnie was a shepherd, and Brother Bonnie had a, uh, had a, a, a sheep, and that sheep gave birth. Uh, the very first 
uh, increase of the flock, that first lamb, that first, uh, that first one that would build into his flock, that would belong to the Lord. So hold on, Pastor, I thought that a tenth was the tithe. In the Old Testament, it was the first fruit, a tenth, the, the first fruit. And then the next nine lambs that Brother Bonnie would add to his flock, uh, they, he would keep those. The eleventh, or the next first fruits, the next, part, next tenth, again, would be uh, that tithe uh, on separate areas. We see that in the Old Testament. However, in the New Testament, we see uh, not a pushing away of that, but a going on, a crossing past, uh, crossing that finish line past law, not just going to the edge, uh, not just going to the very uh, precipice of the law, but going beyond that into grace. There are many that uh, uh, wonder uh, about the balance of this matter and teaching of giving in the scriptures. Matthew chapter 23 uh, Jesus had a conversation with the Pharisees. And these Pharisees were very versed in the law. They knew the law very well. Not only did they know the law very well, they, they prided themselves on keeping the law better, they said, than anyone else. And Jesus said to them in Matthew 23, 23, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe, there it is, of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Now let's stop there just for a moment. Jesus said, hey, you're so proud of yourself because you've, you know, you've weighed out your spices and went, okay, I got this much spices. Okay, one-tenth. I'm, I'm going to give the tithe. Uh, and talks about uh, the mint and the anise and, and the cumin. And, and, and they've, they've gone all the way to the smallest things. And they've paid the tenth of all of those, and they're so proud of that. Now, we stopped there at the colon, but Jesus didn't stop. Jesus went on to say, these ought ye to have done. These ought ye to have done and not leave the other undone. Jesus didn't say to the Pharisees, hey, why are you doing that? Forget about that. Let's go somewhere else and let's do this. Jesus said, rather, you should have done those things. But you left some other things undone. How many of you have ever tried to fill out a form online? Maybe on your phone or on your laptop and, and you fill out the form. Maybe you're going to make a purchase online. Maybe you're going to register for something online. Uh, this last week I was uh, getting some plane tickets and uh, I just about lost my mind. Going through all the, well, filling all the things out and it wouldn't let me do it. I'm like, oh, come on, what in the world's going on? And I went back and I realized there was one little portion, one little line that I forgot to fill out. It's frustrating. And it wouldn't let me go any further because you have to have all the fields filled. Jesus said, hey, it's not that you should have left these blank. You should have done those. But Jesus said there's some other areas that you haven't filled yet. Some other areas that you haven't pushed forward with yet. A study of that passage are going to, is going to teach us uh, that God here is teaching not that they should put away what they were doing, but that they should add to. And Christian, this morning, I'm not talking about doing away with God's plan for giving uh, with the tithe. Rather, I'm talking about what the Scripture teaches in the New Testament of going beyond going to this area that God teaches us about. Luke chapter 6, verse 36, is not, that passage in particular is not speaking about tithing. Rather, it's talking about giving beyond. It's talking about this matter of grace. Uh, Jesus told him here, hey, you should have done this, but you should have gone forward. As a believer today, I am not, nor could I ever, do anything to get myself accepted by God. There is nothing that you nor I should have to do or can do to earn our way into respect or acceptance with the Holy God. Rather, it is the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is His gift that paid the price that makes us worthy, that makes us accepted. And praise God for grace, God's riches at Christ's extent. I'm so glad that he paid my price. I can't earn it. I can't pay it back. I can't do anything to say, okay, now I'm worthy. 
but I can live in that victory. I can live in that victory in Christ by living in the grace that God gives me. As I mentioned, the passage there where Jesus speaks to the Pharisees, he didn't say, hey, forget about that. Let's talk about something else. He said, these should have been done. We should do that. We're told where, why, and how to give the tithe in the Old Testament. Very plain. Uh, the Bible says we're to give on the first day of the week. That's Sunday, in case you were wondering. Uh, it says we're to bring to the storehouse, the local church today, we're to give it there, as a, that there may be meat in my house. 1 Corinthians 16, 9, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. As God has him, prospered him, there be no gatherings when I come. We don't have to question that. We don't have to wonder about that. It, it, it settled. Last night, my wife uh, was showing me uh, I think it was last night, showing me some presents uh, that she had got uh, for gifts for the couple's banquet. And for those of you that have never been to one of our couple's banquets, we, uh, we have fun at our banquets. Uh, we have some games and excitement, and we have, some, we have some new things this year. But we have competitions, and we have prizes, and I'll have prizes up here on the platform, and we'll have the first winner, we'll pick a prize, and well, she was showing me those prizes last night, and she had more than we needed. And she, she laid them out and said, I want you to help me decide. And she laid these, this out, and I'm not going to tell you what they are. And there was, I think there was a, a $10,000 bill, and, and uh, there was like a vacation package to Disneyland, and, and uh, there was a new, a new Tesla, just some just small things. And uh, she laid them all out. There was a Ford Festiva, and uh, she laid those out. And she said, Let, help me pick what we're going to use. And as, she sh as she's laying them out, it's this, this. And I said, oh, no, not that. And let's not do that. And I said, okay, that's it. And she said, well, how about this? I said, we don't, we're done. It's easy. It's figured out. We don't have to worry about it anymore. That's the ones we need. Now, so often when God tells us this is it, we want to say, but God, uh, I don't like that. I, let's talk about this some more. Uh, let, let's, let's make another plan. Can I tell you that this matter, we're, not, we're going beyond that today. This matter of the tithe is settled. We have the when, we have the where, we have the how. It, but it's the beginning point. It, it's the first. The Bible talks about when we become, when we do that which is required of us, when we fulfill the obligations as a servant of Jesus Christ. God says when we fulfill the obligations we have, we are an unprofitable servant. You know, if, if you have a business, and in your business you hire Brother Kevin, and Brother Kevin will be willing to work for you for a lot of money, right, Brother Kevin? Just talk to Brother Kevin. But you hire Brother Kevin, and you say, Kevin, I want you to do, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. These are your responsibilities. You do that every day. And he comes in every day, he does X, Y, he does the responsibilities. And he goes to you after a couple of weeks, say, hey, I've been working for you for a few weeks. Have you noticed? I, I'm doing my job. And you say to Brother Kevin, yeah, you did exactly what I told you to do. Uh, that's why you still have a job. That's why you're still getting a paycheck, because you're, you're doing what I told you to do, just like everybody else is doing what I told them to do. So often we want to do, oh, the Lord said do this. Okay, <laughs> I want to do that, but I don't, I don't want to go beyond. I want to get as close as I can to do no more than I have to do. We see this matter of giving, and we're gonna, I'm going to give you some points here in a second. I, I want to build a bit of a foundation. It is a beginning point for us as believers. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring you all the tithes in the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the window of heaven. And pour you out a blessing there, shall not be room enough to receive it. So how, how do we go beyond not replacing, not doing away with, and let's do something different? How do we go beyond the law, the tithe? How do we go beyond that into this grace in the matter of giving? Number one. Give. It is a continual giving. Give 
as we see here, is not a one-time, okay, I gave. It's like the old conversation in the farmyard. As the chicken is talking, man, I'm sick of the old farmer. Every day he comes and takes my eggs. I'm sick of him giving my eggs. I, won't, I can't believe he takes my eggs every day and the cow pipes up and says, yeah. Old Bessie says, I'm tired of that old farmer. Every day he comes out with his cold hands and grabs my udder and takes my milk every day. Who does he think he is? And as the chicken and the cow were discussing how hard done by they were and how they had sacrificed so much, the pig raised his little paw in the corner. And he said, you all think you really give. He said, when I give, I have to give everything. Now, this matter of giving is very much like the cow and like the chicken. It's a continual giving. In this passage we're going to look at this morning, to give is a continual giving. The first action in stewardship is to give. To give today. To give tomorrow. To give again the next opportunity. We're just to keep on giving and giving. Giving that is hit and miss will be of no benefit. Uh, it's consistency. So as we think about this matter of going beyond the law into grace, it is a continual. It is a perpetual matter of giving. Number two, giving will become a lifestyle. Giving becomes a lifestyle in the matter of grace for a believer as we love the Lord Jesus Christ, as we seek to go beyond what is required, what's expected, what does the Lord expect of me, as we want to do not just what the Lord expects, but we want to go on unto perfection as we think about this matter of grace giving. Grace giving goes beyond the mere tithe. When we say that word mere tithe, uh, it affects our lifestyle. It affects our thinking. It affects the way we live. Practicing that leads to giving more than we keep. Many of you are not from the U.S. I'm from the U.S., a few of us from the U.S. In the United States, there was a department store by the name of J.C. Penney's. How many of you have ever heard of J.C. Penney's? Uh, some of you have. And uh, J.C. Penney's was not just the name of a department store. It was named after the man who started the business, Mr. J.C. Penney. Mr. Penney was a Christian. Mr. Penney loved the Lord. Mr. Penney was obedient in the matter of the tithe and giving, but he wasn't satisfied. And he wanted to go beyond. He wanted to do all he could to give. And it became such a lifestyle for J.C. Penney that he gave the tithe and we have the history of his life. We know the last several years or decades of his life. Not only did he give a tithe, but he gave 80 more percent. He lived on 10% and gave 90% to the Lord. By the way, he was a multimillionaire. But he was a multimillionaire, I believe, because God realized he could trust J.C. Penney. As God gave him, uh, gave him that which would be put into the use for the Lord's work. He was a man whose lifestyle was that. Yes, he was a businessman. Yes, he, he had a business, but he was a man who lived a lifestyle of giving. By the way, practicing giving does away with selfishness. You may not want to admit it, but we live in a selfish culture. And we don't want to admit it because since we live in that selfish culture, we adopt selfish attitudes. No matter how much we say, oh, no, Pastor, I'm, I'm not selfish. Yeah, we are. Because our mindset is me, me, what can I get, what can I do? This matter, this giving, when it becomes a lifestyle, it's not a matter of what can I do, but how can God use me? What can God do through me? We can come to church every Sunday, and I'm glad you're here today. I'm so glad we can gather together. I believe that every, every believer ought to be in church. The Bible says, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together, as a matter of some is. I believe biblically, I can tell you, you, as a believer, you should be in church. I believe you ought to be gathered at a local church somewhere. 
All of us. And praise God, we can do that. You, you can read your Bible. I believe it's plain that God gave us His Word, and, and we should read it. We should study it. We should pray. We've been talking about prayer in our adult Sunday school. You can go to church. You can read your Bible, and you can pray, and yet still live a life focused on yourself. Still have an attitude of this is all about me. But when we go past law into grace, the matter of giving, it brings a new dimension to our relationship with God and to our attitude of life, and it takes away that aspect of selfishness. It has nothing to do with being well off. I mentioned J.C. Penney. He was a wealthy man. But when J.C. Penney made a decision to live on 10%, he wasn't a super wealthy man. But God gave him that wealth. It has no bearing. Jesus, in the New Testament, we read only one person that Jesus commended on their giving. I believe there were some rich people Jesus saw give. I believe there were people of great means that came and dumped into the treasury a great amount. And yet Jesus saw a little widow woman with two mites. And when those two mites were dropped, the sound of those two almost worthless coins would begin to ring off into eternity because Jesus would speak of her who gave all that she had. This matter of giving is not a matter for the wealthy. I've been in ministry long enough to know that most folks who truly give beyond the area of grace giving are not wealthy folks. It's those, those who realize that we belong to the Lord and God wants to use us and God does want to use us. We see that picture. It's a, it's a, a lifestyle. We don't give because it's expected. By the way, God expects us to give the tithe, believer. That's just an expectation of God. That, that's not something, well, God's like, oh, wow, <laughs> look at that. No, it's, we expect that. But we can go on. We can go beyond. Number three this morning, as we talk about going beyond the law to grace, what are we to give? Tithing has to do with 10%. I've heard the phrase, and I, don't get me wrong, I'm not mad with folks that use this terminology, but... I believe they're wrong doctrinally and wrong scripturally. You know, so folks, I've heard folks say, oh, I tithe 20%. You can't tithe 20%. You can tithe 10% because that's a tithe. Now, I can tithe 10% and I can give another 10%, but tithing is 10%. That's what it is. There, there's nothing, there is no uh, variation there. But this matter of what are we to give, tithing is 10%. Uh, but Luke 6.38 has, has nothing to do with that. It's speaking about beyond. It's speaking about giving beyond in this matter of grace. It doesn't tell us what to give. You look at 6.38, Luke 6.38, you read it, you look at every word in it, you study every aspect of the passage, and you will find out it doesn't tell you what to give. Nowhere. It says give. doesn't say what to give. Just give. Give. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Let me give you something that may, you may want to crucify me, I don't know, but I, I'm going to, doctrinally I believe I'm right. What do we give? We give what we need. The Bible says, give and it shall be given you. We give according to what we need. Whatever you need, when you give it, the Bible says you shall receive. Maybe a monetary need. You get money. Uh, if you have a, a need, a social need, give socially. If, if you want a, a friend, be a, a friend first. We see that picture in Scripture over and over again. It, it's not an isolated principle in the Word of God. The Bible says give, and it shall be given unto you. Uh, Luke 6.38 explains the principle of giving, that as we give, God gives back. Now, uh, that word, when I said God gives back, I'm going to go a little deeper into that in a little bit. But we receive a return as we re receive that which we gave. It is a continual giving. 
Mrs. Price gave my wife a starter uh, for sourdough. How many have ever had the one I'm talking about with sourdough? Uh, my wife has a science experiment on our counter. Based. How many of you ladies have a science experiment on your counter? How many of you ladies are married to your science experiment? That's what I thought. And I see those hands. And she gave Carrie that sourdough starter. I asked her when she got it if she was going to become a, a cook on a wagon train. I think that's what they use, a sourdough starter. Pretty soon she's going to leave me to go join a wagon train. Uh, but she's got the sourdough starter. Now, she's given that, a little bit of that, I think, to somebody. Um, and she's given a lot to me as she keeps making things. Praise God for that. Uh, your mother your mother's going to make me gain 50 pounds. And that sourdough starter, you, you, you put in it uh, every day, and I don't do it. My wife does it, but every day you, you mix something in it. I do know she has a special tool that she mixes it with, and I'm not allowed to use that tool. It's a wooden little wooden spatula. The other day I'm cooking some burger in a cast iron skillet, and I got that. I mean, that'd be a perfect tool to chop up. And I took it, I looked at Carrie, and I saw... I put that tool back. That's her tool. Uh, that's what she uses, the wooden thing to mix that stuff. She puts stuff in it every day, mixes it, and it grows. And she uses it, and she puts stuff in it, and it grows. And as she puts in it, she receives out of it. It's a picture as we give. God wants us to give that which we need because God wants to give back. That's the picture of grace giving. That's the picture of the victory we have in Christ in the matter of giving. It's a, it's a continual circle. As we give, God giving, number four, when? When do we give? I'm not talking about the tithe. We know that first day of the week. The Bible's plain about that. We know what it is. The Bible's plain about that. But in this matter of going beyond the law to grace, when do we give? We give when the need is present. When we have a need, it's the law of sowing and reaping. I, there are certain things that I like out of the garden. There are certain things I don't like. I, as a kid, I, there were a lot of vegetables that I didn't eat a lot of. I've grown up a little bit, not all the way. Brother Cram, I still struggle with tomatoes. I, I eat them if they're cooked or if they're salsa, but just a slice of tomato. Now, I'll, I'll get something out of the dumpster before I do that. I don't want that. But I, as a kid, there were certain things that, man, I couldn't wait to get out of the garden. I like potatoes. How many of you would have guessed that I was a potato fan just by looking at me? We plant potatoes. I couldn't wait till we dig the potatoes. But my favorite, a couple of my favorite things out of the garden when I was a kid, when the potatoes weren't done growing yet while they were still baby potatoes. And those of you that don't know, potatoes grow underground. How many of you didn't know that? You're not raising your hand because you're embarrassed, but they grow underground. The plants above ground, the potatoes are below ground. And when the peas would come up and when they weren't fully done growing yet, they're just babies, just little teeny peas in the pea pot. My grandmother would go out and she'd pick a mess of those baby peas. And then we'd dig in, into the side hill of a few hills of potatoes and go dig out some of those little baby potatoes. My grandmother would take those little baby peas and little new potatoes and cook those together and cream them together. Miss Lois, if they don't serve that in heaven, I don't want to go to heaven. Uh, man, it was good. Uh, but to have those peas and to have the potatoes, we had to plant the seed. We had to plant the seed. Now, when we planted the seed, it wasn't the next day that my grandma went out and picked the peas and dug the side hill potatoes. No. It was quite a while later. You had to wait. You had to plan ahead of time. You had to plan in preparation. So we give in preparation of need. In this matter of giving, grace giving, we see the picture in the book of Luke. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. If you sow for your own pleasure, your own benefit, your reaping will not be what it could be. Reaping always comes later. The harvest is after the sowing. 
There's always a time of growing between the time of planting and the time of reaping. Reaping, by the way, brings more than we sow. We planted corn when I was a boy. We planted a lot of vegetables. But you drop maybe even a couple kernels of corn into a hole in the ground or one kernel of corn or two kernels of corn and, and that one or two kernels grows a corn stalk. And on that corn stalk grows several ears of corn. And you take and peel back the, the husk on those ears of corn and you pull the silk out of the way and look and you'll find out there's hundreds of kernels of corn even though you only planted a couple. There's always more to the harvest than there is to the planting. And we see the principle of giving, this grace giving, is God giving that which we give. Thus we see the need to give before we have need. Number five, quickly, how? Now the question, how do we give? How are we to give? Letter A, as we think about how to give, we're to give unquestioningly in faith. In faith. In faith. The main reason that we fail in giving is lack of faith. We, we fail to believe the Lord. We fail to trust the Lord. If we really believe God will provide, hey, here you go, God. You take care of it better than I do, and by the way, Christian, we laugh at that, but that's reality. I knew a guy that grew up in Chicago, poor part of Chicago. His parents were immigrants. I think they were illegal immigrants. He was a Mexican, Mexican man. He grew up in a rough part of Chicago. He didn't grow up with a silver spoon in his mouth. He probably grew up with a plastic spoon in his mouth if they had a plastic spoon. They were poor. His family struggled. He didn't have a, a great big fund of money. He had nothing. But he was a hard worker. Same with Sergio. And Sergio began to work hard, and he wanted to lift himself up out of where he was. And this was back in the 80s. He decided to start uh, a limo company. And so this young Mexican kid got some money. I, I don't want to know how he got the money. It probably wasn't legal. Uh, he got some money, and he got a limo, and he started a limo service in the 80s. And then he got another limo. And he had a, a business where he had a limo service, and he had a little bit of a, a storefront office where folks came and and then in the late in the early 90s when pagers became a thing how many of you remember pagers there's all the drug dealers uh, <laughs> he started selling pagers on the counter there inside of his limo business and then when cell phones became a thing uh, all you drug dealers had cell phones uh, he, he started selling cell phones he sold pagers and cell phones out of that business Eventually, he shut down the limo business. He opened a standalone uh, cell phone and pager store. And then he opened another one, and he opened another one. And, and then I think he sold those and got into real estate. And at one point had, I think it was over 10,000 properties he owned. Now, he was a young guy who taught himself to be able to handle money. And by the way, I believe one of the reasons he was successful is he got saved as a young man and he gave. But he could take it seemingly nothing and turn it into something. At the height of the housing boom, I remember he would, he would buy a house for like five or $10,000 in Gary, Indiana. And I lived in Gary, Indiana. I had a renovation business. I eventually worked for him and uh, he would hire me to go in, and I would renovate this five or $10,000 house. I'll let you imagine what it looked like. They weren't nice. And rough areas. And we'd go, and I'd renovate. He'd pay cash for the house. I'd renovate the house. Then he would get a, uh, the bank to come and look at the house, 
to appraise the house. And then he would borrow 95% of the value. It would appraise for $50,000, $67,000. He would borrow that amount of money. He would take that money, put it in a money market account, making twice as much interest as he had to pay on the loan. And then he would rent the house for twice as much as... The guy could take $5, and five weeks later, he had a million dollars. It was... But if he had ever said to me, Brian, if you give me all your money, I'll, I'll invest it. I'll make you a lot more money. Brother Mott, I'd have given him my wallet. I'd have given him all the money I had. It was all $7.37. Because <laughs> I know if Sergio is going to invest it, that guy, pff, he knew how to make money. <laughs> I, I could trust that guy, man. He, he, could, he could invest, and it was crazy what happened. We can trust the Lord. We can unquestionably trust him when it comes to giving. Not only are we to give unquestionably in faith, letter B, we're to give willingly. We're to give willingly. Tight-fisted, stingy, non-believing, non-compassionate people do not experience the blessing of God in the matter of grace giving. We, we don't want to give. As we hang on, the Bible says, God loveth a cheerful giver. I believe that particular passage as well is not speaking about giving the tithe. I believe it's talking about giving beyond because we're, hey, I don't have to give this. I want to give this. And we see that picture in giving. Number next or letter C, we're to give through obedience. We're to give through obedience. We give because we're commanded to give. God says give and it shall be given unto you. It may not make sense to the economic community, but it makes sense in God's economy. God commands us to give. Letter D, we are to give rejoicing. Rejoicing. How many of you like paying bills? I was hoping somebody raised their hand up. I was going to give you my bills. <laughs> I like paying bills. How many of you have ever gotten a photo radar ticket? You ever got one of those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the other day when I took the, the Wilkerson's to the airport, as I was driving south, I saw a flash behind me, and I prayed a, a quick prayer. Lord, please let my license plate be so dirty <laughs> that that picture doesn't turn out. The Lord did not choose to answer that prayer. <laughs> and I opened the envelope for the day, and I said to my wife, I said, oh, praise the Lord. That's exactly what I wanted to do. i got to pay this. We, we don't like paying bills. We don't, we don't go to the bank. If you, if you go to the bank and pay a bill, and go, whoo-hoo! I get to pay my water bill. Oh, I'm excited about it. Man, I can't wait to pay my, for my electric and my gas. I can't wait to pay my insurance. Oh, I'm so happy to... No. If you do that, you're a weirdo. <laughs> and come see me. I'd like to talk with you. I want you to... I'll give you some blessing. Uh, you're a weirdo. Nobody does that. You don't get excited about paying your bills. Nobody gets excited about doing what's expected. We get excited whenever we can do that beyond. Remember when you were in school? You go to school, you have to, you know, go to class. You'd have to, you know, have all your different subjects. And like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. But every once in a while, the teacher would say, hey, we're going to have a field trip. Yes. I mean, you're excited about that. We get to be excited about giving. We can rejoice when we give beyond what God expects of us and how wonderful it is that we can rejoice knowing the Lord is in control knowing that we have that victory in Christ knowing that God is using us so lastly as we think about this in Luke chapter 6 let's answer this last question what is the result of giving what is the result of giving going beyond the law into grace in the matter of giving what happens what does God say happens? Not what do I think happens, not what makes sense. What does God say happens? The Bible says there, it says we're to give. And it says as we give, it tells us that God has a plan for that giving. He gives back in good measure. Letter A, good measure. I believe all of us can understand what good measure means. It means it's more than we expected. You ever been to a restaurant 
and they brought the meal out, and you looked at the plate, and you went, where's the rest of the food? <laughs> Some of you are too young to remember this, but back in the 80s, there was a, a cartoon with Wendy's, I think it was, Miss Lois, Where's the Beef? Do you remember that? How many of you remember the Where's the Beef commercial? There's this little old lady, uh, looked a little bit like a mod, except her mustache was better than a mod's. And, uh, and she'd, there'd be this great big bun, and she'd open the bun, there's a little burger patty. And this little old lady go, Where's the beef? And it was a mockery of all the places they had the pictures of their hamburgers, and you got them, and there's nothing there. Of course, Wendy's has a square burger, so they, they make you think they're bigger because you see the points. They're not bigger. It's all, it's, all, it's all a ruse. But anyway, it was a good commercial. Where's the beef? Where is it? The very first, buff, not buffet, the very first banquet, high-end banquet I ever went to. Most of you will find this hard to believe, but I am not a a refined person. Uh, I am not uh, from high society. Uh, I grew up on a farm, uh, not at banqueting halls. And I went to a banquet in Chicago. Fancy place. Fancy, 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 fancy place. And I envisioned, and this this is the truth, I envisioned, when I envisioned a banquet, I envisioned the scene from the old Errol Flynn Robin Hood movie. Well, they're all sitting there, a big shank of mutton and food all across the table. And man, just that, that's what I envisioned a banquet because I'm a hillbilly. And I get there and I'm waiting and I'm sitting beside a guy. His, his, he grew up in a different world than I grew, in, grew up in. His, his father was a uh, very prominent doctor in the community in a very fancy area. He grew up in a fancy house and you know, he and I were nothing alike. But he was sitting beside me at this banquet, and, and I was asking him questions like, what's happening now? What's going on now? And, and they brought the food out. Well, I had heard, you know, I'd never seen one. I still haven't had one, but, you know, you ever heard of like four-course meals, five-course meals? They may exist. I've never had one of those. I always get one course. It comes at one time. And the plate came, and, and I said to this guy, honestly, beside of me, I said, hey, is, is this the first course? I thought, you know, that's the way it works. You know, they bring you a plate, they bring another plate. And he looks at me like I was a dumb farmer, because I was, and he said, that's the meal. And I looked at this plate that I had paid like $50 for, and there was a little piece of chicken. It might have been a little bigger than my pinky finger. It definitely wasn't as big as two of my fingers, a little piece of chicken. I think it was a chicken. And there were some green beans, and, and they were laid across each other like a, a hashtag for you kids or a number sign for us old people, like four green beans. And, and they weren't cooked. Well, my wife makes green beans. My wife makes the best green beans in the world. She takes those green beans, puts some pork fat in there, uh, some chicken stock, and cooks them down until uh, they're delicious, and there's onion, and there's flavor. They took the green beans and waved them under hot water from a tap and laid them on the plate. And that was about it. I was mad. I paid big money for this. It didn't even taste good. I was hoping that my buddy beside me wasn't hungry. I was going to eat his food. I was like, hey, you're going to eat that piece of chicken over there? You know what I did? I left the banquet, this big fancy place, and hand on the Bible, I went straight to... White Castle hamburgers. <laughs> I was wearing a fancy suit. I might have had a bow tie on. I don't remember. I drove through the drive through at White Castle. I said, I need a, I need a, a 10 pack of burgers. <laughs> They're not very big burgers, but I ate 10 hamburgers on the way home because I didn't get good measure. God says when He gives us a return, it's always good measure. Amen. It's good measure. Uh, farmers talk about a bumper crop. That means they got more than they expected. They harvested more than they were longing for. God always gives good measure. Letter B, pressed down. Pressed down. It's packed tight. Uh, there's, there's more in there than you can get. I, I, I'm a coffee fan. I, some call me a coffee snob, and I, I'll, I'll agree with that. When I make espresso at home, I grind my coffee into my porter filter. 
and the coffee's kind of up and fluffy, and I take a, a WDT tool. It's a, a little acupuncture needles. If you need acupuncture, come to my house. I'll poke you with it. But I, I stir the coffee and settle the bed of coffee in my uh, portafilter. And then I bounce it to settle it out. And then I take a tamper. And then I push that tamper down in. Now, at first, the coffee was over top of the, the, the very top edge of that portafilter. And then I stirred it and settled. I shook it. It settled. And then I tamp it down. And there's, a, there's space above it after that. God says when he gives us a return, it's pressed down. He gets more in there than we would get in there. Because that's the way God gives back to us. Letter C, shaking together. That shaking and settling down. I grew up down the road from a feed store called Yager's Feed Store. I used to buy my dog food for my, my hounds there. And, uh, there they had guys working. They'd take the gunny sacks and put and uh, the food would come down and they'd shake the bag and settle that corn or settle that silage or settle whatever the feed was down in the bag and they'd shake that bag. There was a, a shaker built onto the dispenser. So it would settle down in to get all the weight they wanted. That's God's return in this matter of grace giving. And then the Bible, another Bible word we see here in the book of Luke is running over. Running over. And overabundance. A full container. When we give beyond the law, God says, I give back to you with a measure that's a good measure. A measure that's pressed down. A measure that's shaken together. A measure that's coming out over the sides. And then letter E, and this is where we often forget. The Bible says, shall men give to your bosom? Notice it doesn't say, shall God give to your bosom. That's what we expect. Well, God, you know, you, I should wake up in the morning like the children of Israel in the wilderness. I should open my door and go, whoo there it is. God gave it to me. And God could do that if he wanted. But God says the matter of giving, that God gives a return, shall men give to your bosom. God puts it in the heart of others to give to you. Every saint of God needs to learn to trust the Lord. I want to challenge this morning to test God. Put God on trial. God asked us to do so in the book of Malachi. To bring you all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. And there shall not be room enough to receive it. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. If God's only supplying on a particular level, we need to trust him. We get unsatisfied. And I need to hasten and close here this morning. So often we look at God and say, God, you're not, I don't have what I want. I want to be here. Can I tell you that God knows best? And when we try to live outside of God's plan, it never, it never goes well. It always fails. But we can live inside of God's perfect plan wonderfully as we trust Him. Let your character, disposition, the Bible says, let your conversation be without covetousness. So often we get wrapped up in wanting. First Timothy tells us, having food and raiment, let us bear, be content. Praise God, everybody here has got clothes on today. I'm so glad you wore clothes. Very glad. And I hope you had some food to eat. If not, talk to me. We'll make sure you get some food before you leave this place. I, I think we've all got that. God says if we have food and raiment, be satisfied. Be content. Much of our indebtedness in our culture today is because we're not, a, we're not content. Much of our problems, financial problems, because we're not content. We're not satisfied. Satan causes many families, Christian families, to get in such bad financial shape and then convinces them they can't trust God. And we stay broken. We stay unusable. Christian, this morning, there's no question about the matter of, of giving, the matter of the tithe. That's God's, it's, settled, it's settled forever in his word. But it's not about just 
obeying that area, although the Bible says we should obey. We ought to be going beyond. We ought to be asking God, God, would you help me? God, I want to give. I want to see what you can do. And I promise you this morning, I've heard this phrase as a young boy. I've heard it all through my life. And I believe it. you can't outgive God. We can trust him. We can trust him. We can give. By the way, before we pray, if you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, can I tell you that God gave the greatest gift already for you, and that's salvation. Amen. Jesus Christ came and died, was buried and rose again. And you can receive everything you've ever wanted in Christ by believing in him, receiving forgiveness of sins, receiving home in heaven. Would you trust him today, Christian? Would you be willing to step out in faith? Would you go beyond the finish line of the law and the tithe and say, God, I want to I give beyond. I want, I want you to use me. May we trust him. May we see what God can do. May we prove him there herewith. Let's pray. Lord, I pray you'd help us this morning. God, help me. Lord, I need you. God, give me the faith to trust you in every area, especially in this area of giving. Lord, I pray if there's one here that knows you're not a Savior, I pray they'd trust you today. Lord, I pray for believers here. I pray you'd help all of us. Lord, not to leave undone anything that ought to be done, but Lord, to add to. Lord, help us to go beyond just fulfilling obligation. Help us to go beyond obedience. Help us to go beyond fulfilling of your purpose to this matter of grace. This matter of giving beyond as a cheerful giver, of trusting you, of seeing what you can do in proving you. Lord, I pray we'd do so this morning. Lord, would you help us? Would you work in our hearts? Lord, I pray you'd help us as a church. Lord, as we get to witness firsthand in this matter of giving, this matter of seeing what you can do, Lord, we trust you. Lord, help us all, Lord, to rest upon you and to offer ourselves first to you. In your precious name we pray. Amen.